Hi, this is Ricky Stewart. And if you want to listen to a Raiders podcast, then you should listen to the official one, Behind the Limelight. Not this rubbish with Flaky Blakey. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. Blake and the Pork. It's Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Hello and welcome to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. I'm the Pork. I'm Blake. And we're also joined today by Hollywood Matt Neves, who's very much like, you know, the Joan Collins character out of uh, Dynasty, always the special guest star in spite of the fact he's on every episode. And we are the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast, coming to you from the filthiest storeroom buried somewhere in the Bowser Civic, the location of which we will never reveal, will we, Blake? Never. And we're brought to you with the very dubious support of the Greenhouse, the Canberra Raiders' number one fan forum on the interweb, internet, I'm not allowed to say interweb, no, uh, get jokes. online and get engaging with the biggest. Just because you're a grandfather forum. doesn't give you the right to start making dad jokes. No, it does, it does. Being a grandfather does allow you to make dad jokes, I'm afraid. You know, when you get into your 60s, you'll be able to do this stuff as well. We're also brought to you by the good people at Landspeed Records. Come in and buy your LPs, your CDs, your clothing, and other paraphernalia, and all your audio technica gear from people who love the Canberra Raiders as much as you do. And if you're listening to this podcast, you must love the Canberra Raiders. Isn't that right? Definitely, definitely. Hollywood Matt Leneves. Mm. Hollywood, uh, well, John Michael, Hollywood John Michael. John Michael Hollywood Housen. Yeah. Now, have, you, have you found out who he is yet, Matt? Have you done your research? Next thing you'll be... I remember, as soon as I got off the podcast, I did remember who he was, actually. So I remember, you know, tuning in if you had a sick day at school and, and you'd be at home and then suddenly you'd turn up and you'd be like, oh, yeah, because that'd be the one interesting thing Yeah, that might interest oh. a young kid watching the midday show. But mm-hmm. no, mm-hmm. it's happy to be here. Matt LaHoo, some other podcasts might call me, but I'm very, very pleased to be here. <laughs> speaking, speaking of Hollywood, have you got any Hollywood gossip for us? Have you got any, you've been around the traps? I mean, when you're not listening to every single Canberra Raiders podcast, including even Raid Nick's one, and watching the game. How many times do you watch the game from Friday? Three times. Three, that's, um, that's, so I've, I've, that's disappointing. I would have how many at least, times at least, you watched the game? No, only twice. I watched it once live. One, uh, and, and I watched up, the NRL mini. No, no, I watched the full thing. I Also, before recording this show, I tried to bring myself to watch the entirety of um, the Bulldogs and the Cowboys. But I, I did I, watch I, that. I had to go to the mini. Did you watch that one, Matt? Yeah, you can't get through it. It's it's a tough watch. You know, I tried to watch it just to see some, you know, things that we could learn about the way that the cows play. But um, no, nah, it was a boring watch. So I tried to watch the mini and then even that was pretty hard to watch, actually. So I think the the you know, obviously the conditions are gonna play as much of a part in the way that we approach the game. But, you know, hopefully we can we can be ready for a hot and humid game up there. Mm-hmm. So you did just just to confirm that you don't have any exclusive Hollywood gossip for Blake and the Pork listeners. Uh, not yet. I mean, over the years, I've met a lot of Hollywood people over here. You do, but I've met a lot of people, but they all try and keep to themselves in, you know, over here in LA. But I've, I've since moved in the last couple of years, about 45 minutes south of um, West Hollywood and Hollywood. But now over the years, I've, you know, been at a cafe and then suddenly Ben Stiller walks in or he's sitting down having, you know, a coffee next to um, John Malkovich or Christopher Walken or some funny people. So no, it's, it's, it's an interesting place, Los Angeles, but um, no, no real goss. Um, or any real gossip, I'll be able to tell you once. Why the, do we have him on the show? What's just, he contributing? Well, he, 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 just to legitimise you two bastards. I mean, he, really, he contributes the Canberra thing. So we have to actually, you know, oh, like, south side, north side. Yeah, we have thing. to make sure yeah. Tuggeranong is actually represented within here. Okay, so, so is this the way we're going to go with this podcast from now on? All right, sweet, more entertainment. All right, 
let's uh, let's bring it on. Let's bring on the Canberra too. Anyway, all right. Well, we, we've got to go. Western um, Creek and Belconnen. That's right. No, no, he's not in Belconnen. Two six eight two man. Inner city thug. You're not inner keep, city. Keep, keeping it real. For God's sake. Anyway, <laughs> beside that point, the big issues. We've got some big issues we need to discuss. Schneider. Schneider, COVID. I mean, he had a, a fabulous um, debut. Solid in defence. Yeah, he made the second most amount of tackles. In that, I think it was thirty-two or thirty-three or something like that, uh, and he had only two misses. It was thirty-one tackles and two misses, and yeah. it was just brilliant. That's yeah, yeah. That's, that's phenomenal for and and the other big thing he did, of course, was he kicked four out of four, which in the end was a was difference. Was the win? Yep, was the win. And the amount of times that the Sharks tried to isolate him um, down that our right hand side, and he, he he broke he broke the line and he, he tackled Hines a bunch of times and Moylan. Mm. He did really really well. Obviously, they let in that one try with T. Gorton, but. You know, for a new young pairing, just to let in that one try on that one side in his big first grade, um, first grade debut, I think I was, having watched the game back a few times now, his defensive effort was spectacular, really, yeah. up until the 80th minute. So and I'm, of course, really we're not going to have him. We're not going to have no. him this Saturday night because he has the COVID. But he's not going to be there. We're going to have the shoe man. We're going to have Matt Frawley. The shoe man's back. Yeah, he's the shoe man's back. Now, we've also got the big news that CHN has re-signed for three years. Good news. Great news. I think um, the way that he can run that outside line, then also that inside line, his ability to offload, and the fact that he's happy there. We're, we're getting back to a squad of happy players. You look at Adam Elliott, the way in, when he talks about the club and his experience, and, um, you know, Hadawit and I is obviously really happy to re sign. Um, I think it's really looking forward, you know, on a week when we lose someone like Sutton, if we, and suddenly we realize straight away it's because we are signing someone like CHN, it spells really good things for the club moving forward. And I know they're talking about um, upping the the contract for Adam Elliott as well, which I think, given that display, was pretty good. Notably, CHN went out into the centres for a moment there in that match and, and did okay. Yeah. And the other one is Big Red, apparently, is close to re-signing as well. Yeah. So yeah. those were the two guys. Of all the players that looked like we might lose to the Dolphins, mm. uh, CHN, there were rumours, and then Big Red, obviously, from being from Queensland, he was another one with, that most people thought was a big chance of going mm. back there. Like Matt says, it's a real endorsement of the club. You know, when the club's not going well, people are looking for the first way out. You know, and there've been a lot of rumours of an unhappy camp and everything else. And mm. hopefully, it's not looking that unhappy. No, it's 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 turned things around. But so. someone who is unhappy is Jared Croker, who pulled out of the uh, New South Wales Cup match with back spasms, and now the news has come through that he's got a bulging disc. That doesn't sound fantastic, people. No, I think it. I think, you know, there was there was a time towards the end of last year and the start of this year. A medical retirement seemed inevitable. And then, look, he had the stem cell treatment and he seemed to, you know, do okay in that trial. But now to have the, this bulging disc on top of that, I, th- I think, you know, I think that his time's coming to an end. Mm. And, look, it's sad. He's been a wonderful servant. But, you know, when you've got injury on injury on injury, I mean, you and I would know, you get to a certain age where it all just starts falling apart. It really does just all fall apart, you know. By the time you get into your seventh decade, <laughs> things start really looking pretty tough. I've got to tell you. Or fall off. Yeah, well, yes. Yeah, well, so the other thing is that it looks very close, and this is a line to Adam Elliott, because there's talk that we might get Millie Boyle coming down here if, if the Raiders get themselves a WNRL club, which... Is it NRLW or WNRL? It's Women's National... NRLW. Is it? Yeah, I yeah, trust this guy over you. Yeah, you no, know. I would on that one too. What what I do know is I've watched some damn entertaining football. That's been great. It's been the, um, the All-Stars game was fantastic. I, I watched um, Parramatta and the Titans the other day, and I tell you what, the NRLW was better than the NRL match. 
um, the defence was better, I tell you that much. Much better. Oh, my goodness, it couldn't have been worse than the, the, the male match. But uh, So hopefully we will get a club, which would be really good for growing the game in the ACT. Don and the club, Don and the club have been pushing for a number of years to have this happen, and you know, and they've rather than the setbacks that they've had by not getting accepted in the first season or the inaugural season. Now, with this announcement, you, clearly he's going to be pushing forward, and and I'm happy that the clubs really they haven't stood back on their laurels when they didn't get in. They've they they created the Tashgal Cup, and they've really created a bit of a a nice movement down in Canberra to try and help push for their inclusion into the NRLW. And now it sounds like they're going to get that. And, mm. you know, and, and in the, the, um, the Raiders limelight podcast, it sounded like Adam Elliott kind of let the cat out of the bag too with Millie. So it'd be exciting to have her back in. You listen, you listen to that podcast and, as well. And us be able to, you li- really I listen to everything, to mate. I'm, I'm a, yep. I'm a homebody here at the moment. And You're I a great can't... disappointment to us in so many ways, but that one's, you know, that one's right up there listening to that. Uh, Although I have heard reports from Blake who, in fact... I was a listener to you guys before. I... Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is uh, Andrew Barr did announce a lot of funding as well for the Canberra Raiders women's team during the week. Well, that's So good. the ACT government's definitely behind it as well. So it's, it's, it's going to happen, I think. 2023 we're looking good now so we've got some staff changes we need to go through at the the raiders we didn't do we got mick crawley back as the attacking coach and we've already seen so far in the trials and the game on the weekend uh we're a lot more willing to spread the ball yep. wider sooner yep. we look more like we're ready to play yeah landy's ball than we did in the last season definitely and we've got uh jeremy and we're getting jack we're getting oh sorry mate but i'm just saying we're getting jack the ball in more space if you look at um, you know, we've got Elliot Whitehead playing first receiver at times. We've even got um, Nickel Klukstar playing first or second receiver. And Jack's getting it, you know, two or three wide. And that's even taking... It took a lot of pressure off Schneider. He wasn't touching the ball too much in the first 15 minutes in that game on the weekend. And now I think Frawley should be able to step into that that role pretty quickly as well. And defensively, Frawley we know is strong and got a good kicking game. So I, I, I saw some great signs. And if you think that try that we set up too... Mm. Uh, that the try that we scored at the end of the game that was a set play that they called so there's some really positive signs out of this yeah. that that try was coach. right in front of me and pork and our two boys and it was crazy scenes yeah, crazy scenes when, when he went over for 36 hours crazy scenes I almost fell off my chair and uh yeah look we were hugging we were crying mm, mm. Uh, you there know. were tears yeah. uh, there was cronulla but fans also getting abused that- things getting thrown there weren't that many sharks fans there were but there were a lot of raiders oh, pretty fans. quiet after that point yeah well you know it was still it was still a nervous few minutes after that anyway it was you, ne- you never do it easy at the raiders do you no you never do we've got jeremy hickman who's come on the pom has come on to be the strength and conditioning coach they looked fit they looked fast so that looks well good. he's changed he's been wayne bennett's right hand man at broncos then he was at um the dragons, dragons and then, to the, then the knights and then the rabbitos and then he's been with the australian um olympic swimming team and now he's come to the raiders and they've changed the approach this year they last year i think they thought that fitness for the game would be a lot of running but they've actually changed it's more explosive mm. training and it, it, hopefully it, it pays off i mean we still did look pretty ragged towards the end there but we dug deep and we came back so it was close we got kelly egan now replacing not that anyone can replace peter mulholland um but he's come in to do the recruitment and that's now official which yeah, is I thought it was nice that we recognised Peter on the weekend, you know, and we didn't announce Kelly until round two. I'm sure they probably had Kelly lined up for a little while, but to um, for the for Ricky to wear the black armband and for people to recognise Peter Mulholland on the weekend mm. in the first home game that we've had in quite a long time was pretty special. And um, you know, his like we, we spoke about, I think it was last week or the week before the 
the you know effect he's had on not just our club but the entire competition is pretty profound. So um, here we were missed. You could see how much he meant to Ricky and some of the some of the members of the club. Yeah, no, that's absolutely the case. Um, look, but out of last week's match, the one real highlight that came out if we were looking at, and there were a lot of good highlights. CNK looked fantastic. Both Papa and Tarpane looked really good. Starling coming on and playing, you know, 71 minutes was really very, very good. Hudson but Young was good. Hudson Young was very good. Matt, Matt Tomoko was I'm, very good. And James Schiller was three fantastic. Knees. Yeah, three knees. Let's get it going. Schiller was particularly good because he did everything right, but at the end, when he was being run at by a very large man, he stood his ground and held the line and didn't let that that um, try in because if he had, you know Nico Hines would have kicked it from the side. Oh, 100%. Line. You know he would have. And Schiller stood there. Yeah, he was a young man in his first match. He had people running at him. He stood up there. He did well. But the big story was Jack Whiten. We said he had to lift. Oh, my God, that was lifting. That was 2019 Jack right there. He was the Raiders review with Blake two, and the Pork, man of the match. Or and Jack, even, you even, get a $20 land speed records vouchers. When you come in, it's behind the counter. But is he still is he still banned from Civic or is he allowed back in Civic now? I don't know, but if you can come Civic? into Civic, you can get a $20 uh, land speed record and, voucher and, for being Raiders review with Blake and the Pork, man of the match for round one. And uh, maybe while you're here, get a haircut too. Look, as far as those dreadful haircuts are going, he's as better. Ryan Pappenhausen, did we all see that? Yeah, and, and, and Papa Lee's is pretty intense too. But no, I, I got to agree. I think, you know, obviously um, a lot of the team were just new combinations and they played really well. You know, three knees played amazingly well. Um, he gives Jack a lot more um, options out on that left-hand side. And, and just to see Jack running with the ball and not not just getting space and having to create himself, but because we've seen that in the past where, you know, the halfback or whatever's just dumped him the ball and he's had a little bit of space, but he's had he's on a stop start. Mm. Getting him running downhill, he's already up to a fair pace when he's when he's hitting the ball and and yep. just his ability to go off the left and hit that inside shoulder or even like he did to set up that first try, pick up the ball, skip outside Ramey and then beat Nico Hines to the outside shoulder was just spectacular. And to watch him at full flight once again as a Raiders fan, it's got to excite us, right? Because I... I remember, obviously, he was in top form in 2019, but it was more those pivotal moments in games where he'd score that try or have that big hit. I haven't seen him play consistently like 80 minutes like this for a very long time. Like to see him start strong and end strong like he did was he really put the side on his back and you could see the energy that he gave some of the other players um, in defense when we needed it. He was doing some big hits and, and he just brought, you know, the energy that we needed and that you'd think, you know, a leader on the field. And, and I, I also thought a lot of, like you said, Pork, you know, Schiller was great. Schneider was great defensively, composed when we needed him. Um, CHN was strong and, and Hudson Young, obviously. I also thought, uh, I mean, he's a player that a lot of people are getting on him a bit, but I thought Semi Velomai had a pretty decent game too. He, he's a point of difference. He's a big body on that edge. He runs fast. I know everybody's against him. And we've got some answers in our Twitter thing where they're like, What's he done? Is he got a photo of somebody? But I, 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 I was <laughs> yeah, impressed I with him too. as well. And you know, he, 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 he hit that line and scored that and just dropped that ball over the line. But he made that break. So personally, maybe I'm a bit of a fan more than some others. But um, you've brought. And me I was around. really happy to you see. You brought me around. These, uh, and I was happy to see Nick Star play so well. Mm, that was good. And look how much better we looked at the back with him there. Look how much better he looked at it. But, you know, oh. one of the best things about Jack's performance was at the end when we played that play, 
The Sharks knew it was going to be Jack with ball in hand, and they were playing for it. And when it wasn't him, they were stuffed. Now, Hutto still had a lot to do when he got that ball, and he did it, and he did it well. But they yep. all knew it was going to be Whiten, and the fact that they knew it was going to be Whiten and they were sweating on it was because his form was good. They weren't looking around for him to pass. They were thinking, he's going to get the ball. It's going to be him because, of course, it's going to be him. And then all of a sudden, it wasn't. And that gave us just that enough for Hudson to get across the line. And so that's that's the impact he has. Even when he doesn't have the ball, they're watching him and, and they don't have their eyes on other things. And you really should have your eyes on CNK because he's pretty good, yeah, and that left edge too, um, there was a lot of space out there, not just with Jack, but there was a couple of times and Tomoko was in space and Jack went himself or Hudson Young as well. So to have, you know, Tomoko and Hudson Young, who are a pretty new combination, combine at the end of the game to do that, it's just going to build confidence for the two of them. Um, so moving, and I thought Nicky Kotrick um, combined really oh, yeah. well out there as well, you know, like sometimes he can sort of prop and stop and he, he seems like he's going backwards or sideways more, but just they put a bit of pressure on him under the high ball in the sun there in that first half, and and his carries they they do mean a lot to us. And a lot. And when we get Rapper back, it's gonna it's gonna do the same on the other side. So we've got some pretty big bodies out there now, and um, if you know if this structure that we've got playing, I, I was excited to see Nickel Cook start at first and second receiver. You know he he he's getting the ball, he's fast enough to to make sure that the, the the defensive line has to number up. And then he's allowing Jack to make that choice of the three-on-three three or the three-on-four. So um, it was it was exciting to watch. You know, obviously, the second half, you know, we, we had a few decisions go against us and we had some fatigue kick in. And obviously, with some HIAs and down one player in the rotation, it was pretty tricky for us to keep up that expansive football. But um, I'm glad we dug deep and got the points because it's going to help them uh, moving forward. You know, and you want to beat those sides that are around five to eight because they're four point games. Yeah, that's yep. that's our competition to make the lower half of the eight for sure. Speaking of, um, I still think we're going to be top four people. Oh yeah, definitely all the way. Speaking of CNK, <laughs> all the way with CNK. Some people actually called for him to be named at seven this week and Savage to be named at one. Probably a bridge too far, but. On the subject of it, let's go through the team list. The team's been named. Okay, so front row, we've got no change. We've got Tarpanay, we've got Starling. Well, Starling's changed, obviously. He's starting the match. And we got Papali'i in the front row. Pretty good, thanks very much. We've got Hadawida Nida and Young in the second row. No change there. And we've got Elliot Whitehead, I think we haven't mentioned no. yet. But my goodness, he did well with his ball-playing lock roll. Just like, I've forgotten which one of you said it, but one of you said it. Yeah. And it was well, good. I didn't was, see it wasn't coming. You, you, were wasn't right. you had him playing in the front row. Oh, he's definitely in the front row rotation. <laughs> let me let me stress that. In the as we got the shoe man making his long-awaited comeback in number seven, Matt Frawley. He's uh, pairing up with some bloke called Jack Whiten. Jack Whiten, three Dalian points uh, last week. No surprises there. Three more than he got the whole of last season. Yes. He well, went from winning the Dalian to not getting a single point the following season. And I don't think that's ever been done before. Uh, that's got to be Ewan McGrady. Yeah. Uh, if, if it's been done, it's been Ewan McGrady. Then we've got in the... He was enigmatic, though. In the centres, we got uh, Semi Valame and we got Matt Tomoko, same as last week, on one wing, except Schiller was in the centres and Semi yeah. was out. But you mm-hmm. called it, it was the other way the around. Theory, the theory was that um, originally, most likely, Semi was named on the wing and um, Seb Chris yeah. would have been in the centres in the last minute. They've pulled out Seb Chris and Chubb well, Schilling. Seb Chris has been named at 5'8 in the New South Wales Cup yeah, side. Yeah, so, so numbers are really short. I listened to Ricky's interview with Ricky Day. Numbers are really short across all the grades now. They've of players out, and I think it's, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's see how he goes. The biggest damn 5'8 you've ever seen. Um, you've got Schiller on one wing. You've got Nico Kotrich on the other wing. We've got CNK at full back. 
on the bench we have making his debut, young Adrian Trevelyan, who's coming in. Big raps on the lad um, from Townsville, no less. Yeah, yeah. So he's, he's done. Yeah. The, he's done the reverse, Josh Chudley. Remember Josh Chudley? Oh, I remember he, Josh Chudley, he, the Bungador lad. Yeah. So he played. He played one game for the Cowboys in Canberra, and now Trevelyan, the guy from the Cowboys or from Townsville's. Playing for the Raiders. Either. Josh Chudley was the beginning of the end He'll for Paul a... Vaughan in green because yes. he was the one who ran through and scored the try when Vaughan was on the ground rather than getting up and making the tackle. Apparently, this is this is the pork story, Matt, that you remember when... Vaughan 20... got Chudley. When 2016, when Vaughan got dropped and suddenly he'd gone from being one of the stars of the team to being replaced by Clay Priest mm-hmm. and he missed that run right through to the prelim. He did. It's apparently it's because of Chudley. It was the Chudley, Chudley try. Who, it was like, get up. Who was the coach? Was it Ricky? Yeah, it was. It was get up because he's done that to so- he's done that to somebody else. I mean, I'm not going to name names, but I know someone who's an administrator at another club, and and uh, Ricky turned off a player, and then the administrator was like, "Why you don't like that player?" And he said, "Oh, because he he cut it out of a tackle back at their old club." So he basically just put a line through them and never played for him again. No, oh, Ricky will always have his mind changed when he does it, but I don't think uh, Vaughan showed anything. Oh, he's, he's, he's drawn the pen. He's drawn through the pen through a number of names. Edric Lee, of course, another one. And yeah, well, do you know what's interesting is. Well, last year, I remember as fans, we always had these conversations about does our attack need to improve or is it our defence? Because, you know, in 2019, we went so far and we went so far with our defence and a certain style of play. What's really exciting now bringing Crawley back is we've got this new and exciting um, attacking structure and we're getting the ball wider quicker, which I think we're going to miss Hodgson actually in his pass off the ground and the width of his pass is, is really important to us. But um, defensively, you can see Ricky's now, he's made up his mind with some of the players that he's choosing and look at Schiller. I think Schiller offers a lot in defence and and um, Schneider as well and and that's where I feel like Frawley is going to be great. You know, Frawley yeah. for what he did in that game against Manly and we know it's going to be muggy. I think I looked at the weather forecast this weekend up in Townsville it's going to be really hot when we kick off late at night mm-hmm. that that short kicking game of Frawley and the defensive um, resolve that we're going to need it's probably going to be a close game so um, I'm yeah I'm, I'm happy with the side that they've picked well on continuing on the bench we've got Gula uh, Adam Elliott who was good in his uh, and debut and then we got Horsburgh now one of the things I was thinking about back in the old days when they had a siege of a town right they'd get a, an infected body with plague and they'd throw it over the walls Right. So, I mean, one of the tactics you've got to look at in this is actually find someone who's got COVID and put them in the opposition side three or four days beforehand. <laughs> I mean, that's a legitimate tactic, I think. Well, this, this is the thing. Apparently, like over the summer period, and, and to what extent they deliberately got all the Sydney clubs, basically, they've had COVID. Yeah, yeah. It went right through. 90% of the players in Sydney have already had COVID. Whereas in Canberra, we're still, players are still getting COVID and we're a seeing... A fair few now. of them have had it. A fair few of them have had it. Some of them it's, probably... It's by like design. when you had... Probably yeah, it was like when you had chicken pox, right? So yeah. everyone had a party. Yeah. Your mum used to send you to the local house for chicken pox. I am glad. I mean, it's not my reason to be cheerful, but I'm also quite glad that we got those exemptions, you know, so we know yeah, that yeah. Um, whoever they might be, the unvaccinated players are going to get a chance to play against the cows, you know, the Titans, and then we have to play the Warriors up in Redcliffe. But yeah. um, I, I like that side that he's picked. I think, um, you know, I think Frawley can slide into the way that Schneider played. I, obviously, Schneider was great. And I don't know if yeah. Frawley is going to be that good. But what I'm also excited about is... You know, Adam Elliott and Frawley are really close mates. They used to live together. And one of the reasons, not only Elliott, when he got to stay up in the hub last year and the dogs and the Raiders are in the same hotel, so he got to know Ricky a little bit there. And he knew Ricky from um, a few years ago. But him and Frawley have been very close mates from when they were back at the dogs and they were old roommates. So he he really wanted to debut and play with his mate. And for them to be able to get a chance to do it in the second week, I just know that's going to be an extra little you know, piece of 
the puzzle that might just help us with our culture and help us pull together because you know those little things that ripped apart our fabric last year is what cost us some of these close games I'm, I, I was anxious watching this game here in Los Angeles screaming at the television in the morning um, and it just started to remind me of the game that we played against the Warriors last year mm. with that infamous forward pass just the game mm. that you can't lose and then that game you know three months later cost you a top eight spot where I was just so glad that um, we managed to pull it out and you know a couple of those nice. mistakes in the second half didn't cost us. No, it was pretty good. Look, the Cowboys up against us this weekend. They've got Cohen Hess. We've got uh, Robson. Cohen Hess is in the front row this week. Yeah, he's in the front row. Yeah, and so. they've got uh, Jordan McLean. That's a pretty handy front row. Um, you know, there's not great... On paper. Re- on on paper. paper, it's a handy front row. Well, I think it is. Yeah, I think Mc- McLean didn't have a good year last year. He, the game kind of moved past him. He's a good player, though, and so is Cohen Hess. And I think mm-hmm. they've got he's, Cohen Hess in the right spot He's now. He's... It's the old Melbourne Storm buyer's remorse, you know, you buy a player off the Melbourne Storm and you sort of think you're getting one thing and when they turn up to your club, what well, you end up with is entirely different. If you've set up the whole like system... Like a Seinfeld episode. That's right. <laughs> if you've set up the whole system like Melbourne Storm does, then he'll fit into that system. But that's where they shine. They shine within that system. Second row, they've got Nanai and they've got Gilbert. I don't know much about either of these two players and i got to say in the match, and I'm the only one of the three of us who watched the whole damn thing, I can't remember seeing them. Who was number 17 for the Warriors last week? Uh, I cannot remember that. I'm going to look that up. Uh, Nano is the, the young star that um, I think the Tigers are sniffing around. So yeah. he's a pretty explosive player. Luke is oh, the other that, one who's yeah. on the bench. So then we've got Tal Malolo at 13. Now, he's much maligned. Now, the, the, the comment that I saw about him is he still has the power, but he doesn't have the pace. But I think... I think he's lacking the desire. And I think they're asking the... him to do more than they've asked him to. When he was really firing, it was because there was lots of other things around that could be a risk. And now it's him. So he's bearing all that stuff on top of him. And that doesn't mean he's ready for it. But Tom Gilbert's you... a 17, yeah. He, he, had a, he looked like he had a good game. Though, well, he's it? in 11 this, yeah. this week. But uh, you've got to be wary of Tal Malolo because he, he, can, he can rip you apart. We know that. Got Chad Townsend. His haircut is looking sharp. Um, in, in the halves with... Glad uh, he's got something going for him. With Dearden. Um, so there you go. You've got Hickey and Holmes. Dearden played well. Yeah, he did. Mm-hmm. You got, well, as much as anyone did. It was a really turgid match. Um, you got Hiku and Holmes in, in the centres, and that's as good. That's a great centre pairing. Um, Hiku's been a journeyman, but he's a good player. Normally one of those players that does yeah. well when he comes up against comes a certain um, yeah. Camber Raiders centre. Yeah, he's not right. playing this But then week. you got Valentine Holmes, and you know he's a star, so he's good. On one wing, you got two He did nothing last week, man. He did nothing. Valentine, I look at this Cowboys lineup, and it is the most bent out of shape. Um, cap-wise, so many guys on ridiculously big money not performing, mm. and I mean, and then then to try and solve that they problem, they've signed Chad Townsend on eight hundred thousand dollars a year. Mm. Makes zero. Yeah, and Holmes sense. isn't Holmes isn't a centre. He doesn't have enough time to you know to do what he needs to do. And then you know their wingers, obviously Cole Felt, who likes to punch us when we play him, and he does. But he's also getting on a little bit. He's, yeah, he's now not the 30, that he was. But but he'll he's still the in the air. He'll win a contest in the air. So, yep. And Chad Townsend can put the ball there. So that's always going to be a risk. Uh, Murray Talagi is handy, but I wouldn't call him a star. But um, the hammer at the back is fast. Now, he got mm-hmm. denied the try that would have won them the match on the weekend because he was a foot offside. He was. It was unfortunate yeah. that he was. Can I just expand on my um, Cowboys salary cap is just totally screwed. If you look, The highest paid players on this team would be Valentine Holmes, Chad Townsend, mm-hmm. Jason Tamalolo, probably Cohen Hess, Jordan McLean, and Jake Granville. How many of those are really performing to their potential or really 
That's why they're going so badly. They got no. all these guys, the, the actual young guys, unheralded guys that we haven't heard of, are the ones that actually doing okay. Well, you got Granville on the bench with Lukey yeah. and with Mitchell Dunn. Mitchell Dunn had a good season last year, so he'll be powerful off the bench. And he's also got hands as well. So for a big unit, he's he's quite a handy player. Um, There's also I, a rumor coming out of Queensland that um, a mate of mine's up in Townsville and radio, and he used to play for the Cowboys. And and that um, the rumor is that Tamalolo was playing injured most of last year. And mm-hmm. They were trying to hide it. Like I don't know if it was a rib cartilage thing, but he had a a bit of an ongoing um, serious injury last year, not just with his hands, but more than what they were letting on. Yeah. Uh, and then, so he hasn't really played big minutes. And there, you know, a lot of people jump up and down about he's not getting the minutes and he's not performing. But he played fifty odd, fifty or sixty five minutes last week. So yeah. you know. I'm always worried about these 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 genuinely good players when they come up against us if they haven't been playing good for a few weeks. So I do feel like they do They'll sort rise. of lift and to play the Raiders. And we have a forward pack that people do like to lift to play against because we have some you know really quality forwards. So and we've got that last twenty minutes of the match when that humidity is going to kick in. If we don't have a good buffer on it, that's gonna that's gonna play. So and the Raiders will know about that. This this week's going to be about defence and righting the wrongs of last year in that horrible horrible loss. Because was it the lowest point of the season? Uh, I would say that, and probably even lower was the um, the Titans loss at home in Titans, where like half the crowd walked out at halftime. That was a low point, man. Yeah, they that were. Was it a was cold, point. but yeah, those two I couldn't really <laughs> split them. Oh, look, the Newcastle Knights beating us again in Wagga that was that was pretty shit. Yeah, that to me watching them the Knights game was hard because. It looked like we gave up five minutes after half time when yeah. we let in that first try against the Knights. And then yeah, they just started like going downfield. And, you know, obviously the, the most frustrating part of last year was for me that forward pass in the Warriors game, which was mm. the last but game. But that was, that was, um, the, that game we had, read? yeah, that, yeah. um, that, then he went to the bunker and did an absolute oh. terrible job. Well, he's not there anymore this year. Um, but that game against the Warriors, I mean, I was there and they were holding and holding on, but they had no one left on the bench by the end of it. Yeah, and that yeah. was the thing. They yeah. just couldn't hold on. It was it, yeah, incredibly... But if, James. Yeah. if they had called that forward pass, I believe we would have held on because we would have got the ball back at that stage and I don't think Absolutely. the would have believed. Well, then if Rupper had held the ball in his left hand instead of his right hand as well, we probably would have won the game. Yeah, we nearly came back. Yeah. But at, at the end of the day, yeah, that was... We had some bad injury woes and that was a shocking... That wasn't just a bad call. That was like... Everyone on the ground saw it except the person. Henry Perinara. How could we forget Henry Perinara? We can't. But he's Ask Clown of the Week like four times last He year. was, but he's not the perpetual Ask Clown. So who's on the extended bench? Who's on the extended bench? And well, the great thing about this segment this year is, is it's it twice actually as means. long. Yeah, it's twice, twice as long, but because people are going to come in and out. Apparently so, every Raiders player, fit player in the squad is, is named. Oh, yeah. So we've got That's Drinkwater, Lemelu. Uh, uh, I can never pronounce his name. I apologize once again. Um, first name Connolly. He's played thirty-three games. He's a centre at one hundred and six kilos, so he's a big unit. Uh, Are we talking? Is this the Cowboys extended? Let me Elu. Yeah, so he he's there. We've got uh, Elliot um, Brendan Elliot from Manly. Um, he's on their bench. Uh, we've got Ben Condon. He's played twenty-three games. I can't remember ever seeing him. We've got Emery Pere, who's played two games. He's a prop at one hundred and six kilos, same size as a. Uh, a back, and then we've got uh, Dijan Arcee, who last season was playing a lot of matches in the halves, and is now, well, he's out the back in there at all. So that you know, is that a well-credentialed bench? You know, I'm not one to comment, but no, it's not. Uh, we've got Seb Chris in the number 19, with Sammy Williams in the 20. We've got Ryan Sutton in the 21. We've got Peter Holler in the 22. We've got Trey Mooney with that haircut in the 23, and Harry Rush in the 24. 
Um, I'm going to give it to the Canberra Raiders there simply because we... No, you're not even going to mention Xavier Savage. Xavier Savage. 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 Number 18. Yeah, he's on the extended... What are you looking at? He's not on this extended bench, which has just been updated. He's not there. What are you talking about? So you got Chris. Oh, I don't see him there. I'll go into Williams, the Williams, Ryan Sutton. I mean, this is your segment. At least try and get it right. Shut up. Ryan, Chris. Go to hell. Williams, <laughs> Ryan Sutton, Peter Holler, Trey Mooney, Harry Rustin, Xavier Savage. Surely Xavier Savage is I, the most likely of anyone to come off the extended bench. So well, why you haven't even got him on the extended bench? Uh, in the app me. that I was just looking at, did not have him listed on the extended bench. It did not have him listed. How about you go with the official NRL app? What app are you on? Don't you tell me. Don't you make me go with the man. Uh, I don't go with the man. Send, okay, okay, I'm looking. Um, yeah, Xavier Savage is there on there on the extended bench with Harry Rushton, Trey Mooney, Peter Holler, Ryan Sutton, Sam Williams, and Sebastian yeah, Chris. We've yes. covered this, covered yeah, no, they just didn't have Xavier Savage at the end of their Matt, one. Did you get? And touch? that means we've also missed Reuben Cotter, the yeah, world okay, Reuben Cotter you. off the net. Thank but Matt, I'm giving that one to the, the Canberra Raiders, Raiders. Definitely, uh, Matt. Did you get in touch with Brendan Cow? After the South, after the Sharks, I did. Game. You did. What did he say? Yeah, no. I, he uh, he wrote me a message saying he can't wait for me to wake up and watch it, and um, I wrote him back. I was trying to be quite humble actually, because uh, you know it was such a close game. I, I mean, in all honesty, I thought we were pretty lucky to win it. So I, I let him know that. I let him know that I. Um, oh, we were. If it wasn't for the bounce of the ball, and and really the Sharks' um, fifth tackle options are pretty poor. Yeah, their kick, they were. Their, their kicking game was pretty bad. So there was that one um, kick, and we fell on a bit of a rut. There was that one kick, though. Um, Nico right, Hines did. Nico Hines, where we had a great set that, right near the end and pinned them down, and he kicked yep. them all the way to our corner. He kicked 80 minutes, they, meters. They pinned us in the corner, yeah. and from that point, I, Blake I and we I gone. both thought we were gone. And we were sitting there, and we mm-hmm. thought, oh, we're gone. And the guys behind us were like, oh, you suck, Hines. And we were like, no, he doesn't. Did you see that <laughs> kick? That was that was special. That kick was pretty important. But look, there was something in that match that really made me angry. You might say it ground my gears. You know what really grinds my gears? All right. So Schiller is being tackled. He's got the ball. He's running up the field. Then he gets grabbed. He is being ragdolled out over the sideline, clearly being allowed, the tackle not being called completed. So what does he do? He grabs the ball and he throws it out behind him to avoid that. We pick up the ball. Ben Cummins, with his new nude nut, says he threw it off the ground. Very late in the piece, blows a penalty. Where you can't have it both ways, you horrible bald man. Although you did with the six again, didn't you, Benny? If the tackle's still being completed and he's being dragged out, he has every right to throw it back. If it hasn't been complete, if it hasn't been completed, he has every right. If it has been completed, then it's a penalty to us. It's a penalty to us because they had to stop. But giving them a penalty, Ben Cummins, you grind my gears. You are an absolute fool. We've known that. You come from Canberra. You're a disgrace to Canberra. Don't come back. We don't like you. It grinds my gears. Yeah, I don't think anybody knew what was going on there. I, I, I'm just—I don't think anybody knew what was going on there on the ground or even on the on. If you watch the telecast, Cooper Cronk's confused, and yeah, I was watching it too. I couldn't believe it. You know, it was we play just on. Off. We had the ball. So it was play on. That was on the far end from from me and Pork, and I actually before the show today, I watched the thing and I thought, okay, now I'm actually going to see what happened here, and just understand it once and for all. And actually, because it was. The play moved on so quickly, they didn't even show a replay of it on the coverage. And yeah, Cooper Cronk was, like you said, Matt, he was confused because he thought the same thing as us. 
How well, can you get penalised for throwing the ball off the ground if you're getting dragged? You can't. It's, yeah, it was can't. awful. It was one of those. It was one of those things. We clearly, you could see the referee just went into a little bit of a con- confused state, and then went with the decision. And had to back himself. But why didn't we change? Going it? back to last week, why did he change last... his decision? You know, a la the six again. No. He's changed it before. Why can't he change it? Oh, is it because it's the Raiders? Anyway, before I keep ranting on about how much I hate Ben, ben Cummins. Um, you got a listener of the week for us, Blake. We do. So, listener of the week is uh, a wonderful fellow. He's from Milton. His name is Simon Katz. He was good enough to get in touch with the show, send us a message. Speaking of getting in touch with the show and spending, sending us a message, if you're listening to the show on Spotify, if you're listening on Apple iTunes, subscribe. You don't want to miss an episode. It'll you come don't. straight to your inbox. You know, you we're, we're pretty regular these days. Yes, but, I've been eating know, a lot of fruit. Yeah, sometimes. When you get to my age, you have to really concentrate on the prunes. <laughs> And we make some of the world's best prunes right here in the Sunraysia. Oh, so I've gone off topic. Sorry. Is that, is that, is that another sponsor? Who's Simon Katz, he's good enough. Hey, I've got to find this. He was good enough to send us through a message. And it says, so bloody glad that the footy's back. Nearly as glad you blokes are back. Quality, intelligent commentary. Plenty of humour. Plenty of smarts. Honest and unbiased. Wink, wink. Love your work and flog them sharkies. Well... I don't know if we really flog them, but yeah, any win over the Sharkies, I'll take. What's not to love? So thanks, Simon, for getting in touch. You are our listener of the week. Well, now we've done listener of the week, yeah. we should go on to the return of what is no doubt the most popular segment of the show. Ask Clown of the Week! <laughs> and when you're thinking ask, you think of crack. And if you want to see crack, get to Raiders Plumbing, because you'll definitely see crack. They may not fix your plumbing. Well, they probably but, will, but you'll definitely yeah, see some but, crack, and that's what the Ask Clown is all about. So, Ask Clown of the Week. This week, and I named him last week, Graham Annesley. I said he hadn't done anything yet, but I knew he was going to do something. Um, Graham Annesley. And yeah. he did do something. He came straight out and said, oh, we're not picking on the Raiders. No one's out to get you. No, it's not that you're not out to get us, Graham. It's the fact that you don't give a shit when something bad happens to us that's unfair happens to us that's inequitable you don't care and you don't change your ways it's it's look it's unconscious bias it's, it's yeah. exactly what it is it's it out is. of mind out of sight we could list the examples we could they just don't care what happens to us is the major thing anyway he's he's my uh you know like you know so you're fine with the six again nothing happened for us we didn't even get an apology uh the trainers on the field you didn't even suspend or find theirs when they got in the way but ours put a hand on a player and you suspended him and you find him. You know, you're not out to get us, but you're not treating us the same. Some animals are more equal than others. And, Graham, you are an ass clown. There's no question about it. Blake, who's your when, Well, whenever a rule change is made, it seems to be actually to the Raiders' um, detriment as opposed mm. to benefit. And when one rule change was actually made, a rule change that was made named after a Raiders player, I'm talking, of course, about the Josh Hodgson rule, yeah. We didn't actually get any benefit out of the Josh Hodgson rule. No. They only actually brought that in after we missed out on having Josh Hodgson for a season yeah. and got no and got no recompense relief. or relief from it. Yeah, yeah, they brought it in afterwards. My Ask Clown of the Week is good friend of the show, host of the Green Machine podcast, uh, Solzy. Solzy. Solzy, round one, mate. He tipped against the Raiders. Unbelievable. Someone, someone he posted his tips on Twitter, 0-5 or something. It's like, how can you possibly be 0-5? Yeah. Does that mean you tipped against the Raiders? And he did it's tip like... against the Raiders. And it's just more proof that he's a Panthers supporter, except, of course, he didn't tip the Panthers. But, you know, 
Don't give it up on a Soulsy. Don't I give mean, up on a Soulsy. We don't have to play that song again. We, it's, no, it's horrible. we don't. It was a horrible song. <laughs> we don't want to sing it again. It but was just bad. show a bit of faith, mate. A bit of positivity wouldn't go astray. Round one. I mean, most of us wait until at least round four or five. Before we before, bail out. Before we write off. But every year, round one, I'm, well, I'm, round I'm one, hopeful. That's I'm disgrace, Soulsy. Anyway, Matthew, you've got to, you've got to ask, man. Who's, who have you got? I like your two. I like the fact that you've chosen Soulsy, you know. He's obviously not a good tipper, so is he an expert? Should he even be hosting a podcast? We need to come to the, the bottom of that. Do you actually have but, to be um, an expert in any way to host a podcast? Because No, you don't. I'm not and sure that I can do it. Pretty, much, pretty much all you need is a computer and a microphone to, do, to have a podcast. <laughs> and someone that knows vaguely how technology works, which is where I come in. Yeah, I have no idea. Yeah. Which is I do it. love the Green Machine podcast. I listen to it all the time. So um, only having a, a bit of a crack there. But I, uh, I also think the Annesley one was ridiculous. The fact that they've now... Change the laws. Rapana should be able to play, but he's not. And we're the ones who cop the run of that. Mine's Buzz Rothfield. I tried to watch 360 again on Monday night, and Buzz jumps on, and his first thing to talk about is um, how the bunker's getting too involved because of the offside decision against um, the Cowboys and uh, how he was offside only by millimetres. Well, offside's offside, right? And then as mm-hmm. soon as he gets caught out on that conversation, he completely pivots to saying that there's they're slowing down the game, and, it's, and he just doesn't have... A coherent thought, I don't think, and I think it's time that the 360 flick him and get somebody else on there because I, I just don't see the benefit. The of real him on there. indictment of NRL 360 this season is that although we were horrified that Brayton Astor was appointed the full-time host of the show, he comes across as probably the most reasonable, intelligent one on there, and that's a frightening yeah, and thing. It's, and it's you know it's it's obviously a news corp little love in you know you've got your Telegraph and your Fox guys there oh, so. Yeah. But to me, well, what are they? Well, I what don't are mind they? listening to Kenzie. At a, at a big, Ken, it's got some okay points. I mean, you always get some interesting insight on, on what's really happening at the Raiders between Buzz and Paul <laughs> Kent, obviously. But um, the whole NRL coverage on Fox has turned to crap this year. So they've gotten rid of um, the actual review show where they had like the people like... Rap, yep. Yeah, where they had like people like Ennis mm. and Kronk actually explaining, you know not so much the gossip, but actually the, the intricacies of the game, you know, and, and providing their perspective mm. to laymen like ourselves. They've got rid of that show. Mm. And they've got this Benji Marshall show, which is absolutely appalling. Well, you know, they're not known for making the best decisions. Another thing that I wanted to pick up today is um, going back to last week's podcast, um, the pork wished the touch judge good luck. If he could run, because he was the only nominated touch judge, he did his hamstring in the first half. <laughs> mm, mm. I did <laughs> and, notice, and then I... we had we had a substitute touchy come on, and it was that substitute touchy that called the forward pass against Tom Starling at the beginning of the second half. That was ridiculous. Yeah, that was that ridiculous. was ridiculous. So yeah. I don't know if I blame Pork for that, but he definitely put the, the mocker on someone's hamstring. Yeah, the no, well, we've got great. We've got ball. Joey Grant Atkins as our uh, as our referee. Um, up in in Townsville, so you know, it doesn't I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to look damn good doing it, you know. And here's to you, Joey, Big Grant. Now, someone uh, who's coming back, the star, the breakout star of the podcast last unbelievable, year. Unbelievable, he's back. He's back. People have demanded. They said, "Where is he?" Well, Danny Stewart is back, and uh, he's got something to say. He does. <clears throat> yeah, this is Danny Stewart, the uh, half brother of a uh, Canberra Raiders coach, Ricky Stewart. <clears throat> Well, it's a uh, great to be back for a, uh, another season. <clears throat> but I've actually been uh, overwhelmed by the uh, amount of texts I've received. Uh, uh, most of those texts coming from uh, 
my uh, bevy of female admirers telling me that the uh, show's gone to shit without me. <coughs> oh, here's another one uh, from uh, a uh, someone called Kate Ford. <coughs> Danny, this is <coughs> this is Ryan Sutton's wife. Tell Ricky he's a car. <coughs> uh, tell Ricky he's a uh, unbelievable bloke. <coughs> yeah, that's what it said. That's a uh, that's definitely what it said. <clears throat> now, in regards to the uh, footy, and uh, isn't it great to uh, start the year off uh, with a victory after copping up the Anus for six months? <clears throat> uh, get that up to the NRL and uh, get that up your Peter Bellinis, because uh, you've been doing everything in your power to ensure that uh, we don't have a good season. <clears throat> uh, now, in regards to the uh, talk around about uh, <clears throat> Jack's 200th and uh, Hutto's 50th, uh, <clears throat> Not going to show you that the uh, the boys. Uh, it's been confirmed to me that the uh, the boys didn't give a stuff about any of that. <clears throat> uh, the boys had one bloke in mind when they uh, ran out in that footy field the other night, and uh, that bloke was T Mac. <clears throat> that's right, the uh, the famous T Mac, the uh, only regular loyal listener of this uh, dubious podcast, and uh, <clears throat> word filtered through that it was. Uh, the last home game team I could be able to attend for a while before he heads up north. So, uh, <clears throat> I can assure you, uh, the boys didn't give a stuff about Jack or Hutto. Oh, they did it for you, team, mate. <clears throat> anyway, it's great. The footy's back. It's great to start the year off with a victory and uh, go you green machine. Well, there's no doubt about him. He's forthright. He's forthright, Dan you know, Stewart. And we've missed him. We've missed him. You what, know, what, like, what are the things... And I just want to say... This podcast doesn't necessarily align with the views expressed by the contributors of the podcast. I just want you to know that. Yes. Uh, one of the things I had previously noticed about Danny was that he clears his throat even more than mm. his half-brother, Ricky. But he does. Did you watch, Matt, did you watch the press conference after the games against the Shark? That was a record amount of throat clearing from Ricky. It got to 10 and I stopped counting. Even when poor Elliot Whitehead was trying to answer questions. Ricky was clearing his throat. Yeah, they didn't have a good. Him. They didn't have a good microphone there, and they only had that, they shared the one mic. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't know about usually this captains coming back to the. Usually in the losses, he does more, but he only does like the minimum minute thirty in the losses, so he has to get out of there. So sometimes, I'm always amazed that he starts clearing his throat before he's even said anything. Yeah. So it's before he's even said that was a good game. He's <coughs> he's already in it. <coughs> Tim always goes very quiet when we say anything remotely uh, about Ricky. No, I, I like Ricky. I, I've made, I've made oh, my oh, position yeah. very clear on Ricky. Is there any question about my stance on Ricky Stewart? Because if there is, let me let me make it clear to new listeners of it. I am a Ricky zealot. Um, I'm not going to say anything negative about Ricky. If I'm not I have got something negative, negative to say about Ricky, I'll say it to his face. Um, but apart from but that... But you too scared to? No, not at all. I'm just not going to air it out here. If I've got something that I believe he needs to hear, I'd say it to Ricky. I'm not going to, you know... You know, we, we we win together, we lose together. We're all on the same team. I like the press conferences the last few seasons when they've just had the coaches. Having the captains there mm. doesn't really provide much more. I mean, you used to sit there when in the sort of the dark days of 2017, 2018, and Ricky would be sitting there, and you'd have to look at poor old Jared Croker sitting next to him looking as though he's about to cry the whole time. Mm. I mean, that was just painful. I thought I thought Terry Campese's very last press conference oh, that was as dark. captain was pretty bad. That was, was the a, one against the Warriors yeah, in the purple a, shorts and the white Hulk jumper. That was a da- bad, yeah. bad day. That was yeah. a bad day. Anyway, um, for some strange reason, the Shark's been called back, and he's got something to say. All right. What is up, everyone? 
happy whatever day this podcast comes out. It's your friend John again. And uh, feeling good after that big win against the Sharks. I don't know why anyone would ever tip against the Raiders on round one, especially against the Sharks, because we always win, and it always leads to some really incredible Shark fan Twitter meltdowns. I mean, I saw a couple couple nappies that needed to get changed after that one. So kudos, Raiders. Thank you. Well, one thing I am, uh, I'm going to stress right now, though, is that I've noticed a worrying trend that happens round one every year at home round one or the first home game it's always you know 15 16,000 people 8,000 of them will be there in August on you know a night game and they're always kind of grumpy dicks or jerks we we me and the kids were sitting in our new section our new seats up in the bronze terrace the three dudes sitting behind us one of them was spreading so hard he was hitting my daughter in the head with his knees I had to tell him to move on I told these fools to hit the bricks second half we sat in another section with our kids' friends, and there were these two grumpy middle-aged white hair dicks. I can't even put it another way. They're just assholes. Every time we walked by them, one time my kid walked by them, and they said, last time. They yelled at my kid for walking by. Yo, do you know you're outside? You're not in your house. This is a public place. You don't have to be out here, dude. All right? You want to talk like that? Take that shit to a Swans game, all right? I'm, this is rugby league, all right? There's no room for pretensions, all right? I'm official. listen, I hate every cop on earth, but I'm officially the Raiders good vibe cop, all right? At home games, if I see any of that shit, I'm sending you to Brumby's jail, okay? That's where you belong, all right? So this is rugby league. I want to see good vibes, swearing, fistfights, beers flying across the stands, none of this, you know, twirling your mustache and playing with your monocle nonsense, okay? That's enough. From here on out, I'm keeping an eye on you fools. Uh, yeah, all right. Like I said, the Raiders this weekend, even if Rob Schneider's out, doesn't matter. My dead great-grandmother could chuck on a number seven jersey, and we're going to win by 6,000. So, yeah, Raiders by 6,001. Go, you green things. Again, um, I love him. I think he's great. I think he's a point of difference from our show. I mean, is it about football? Can you really tell? <laughs> I don't know, but it's a perspective. And once more, we here at Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork don't necessarily endorse the contributions of our contributors. So that's good. Now, but we do have reasons to be cheerful. Reasons to be cheerful. Part three. Well, we won. I mean, there is no better reason to be cheerful than actually winning. And we could have lost that one. We all know we could have lost that one. When we went down 19 points to 18, I think we all thought we bottled this one. We're stuffed. And then we won. So that's great. And we could win again. We should win. We should. Uh, if we yeah, don't win this game, we could win again. It's possible we could be two for two, which would be absolutely wonderful. And the third piece of good news is Josh Hodgson's knee is turned out to be when we all thought he was gone. Turned out to be quite minor. Looks like he'll be back in no longer than four weeks, possibly as soon as two weeks. So those are great reasons to be cheerful. Anyone else got any? Yeah, I'm really glad that Hodgson's obviously. Missed a really major injury. I think he means a lot to this side, especially the way that we're going to play with the width. You know, his passing game is is you know better than Tom Starling's, and it showed. And and I think also uh, we missed him. You know, maybe even slotting in a thirteen or helping Elliot Whitehead. Whitehead looked a bit gassed yeah. at the end of that game. Yep. So, um, and I'm I'm also really proud of all the debutants that we had. You know, that's another great reason to be cheerful. Is some of these guys who will get their chance. They've come up, they've played great, you know, and they might not necessarily be there when our full squad's there, but we know that if we are going to be down and when we will be down some players later in the season, 
that we've got some um, people to fill those spots pretty quickly. So to me, you know, the combination of attack and defense, um, we had a very different energy in the way that we played. Our attack was dynamic and our defense was like it usually is pretty strong. So, um, you know, I think our, our game's definitely gone up a level and, and, and we're ready to, you know, to hit the season running. So I'm excited. Mm. I'm cheerful, very cheerful. Well, someone else is very cheerful um, is Arnie J, and it's time to rip in with Arnie J. Blake loves it when I do that. G'day, Raiders fans. There is so much to love about last week from us, so I hope you all felt an inch taller this week. Even if we didn't get the two points, we still have so much upside to our team and especially our young players. We did get the two points, though, which was great to see. Anyway, enough basking in the sun. The Cowboys looked very ordinary last week. <clears throat> they didn't deserve to win, but nearly pinched it at the death versus the Dogs. It was not all doom and gloom for them, though. Both wingers had run metres over, over 170 metres each. They also both had good post-contact metres, so our kick chase needs to be good and our tackles need to stick. Hiku also ran for 184 metres, so we need to stop them driving momentum from the back five. In the forwards, we need to stop Tal Malolo and Tom Gilbert. As far as weaknesses goes, we have a far superior forward pack than the Cowboys, so we need to keep driving up the middle. Both their halves are small, so they need to see plenty of traffic as well. We were excellent last week with, with tackle busts and offloads but this needs to be balanced with errors. We had 13 handling errors last week, so I would like this stat to be halved. So if we do the simple things well, follow my game plan and don't give them a sniff in the first 30 minutes, then I'm confident we will have another two points come Saturday night. Go you green machine. You just can't calm Arnie down. No, he's very excited. He's been, he's been, Getting high on the honey again. He really has. And he's he got just, a sugar buzz. He rips in. You know, we've got to keep him away from the beer and the sugar because he's a wild man. He's a wild man and he cuts loose. But, you know, there's some insights in there in amongst the abuse and the invective. There's some insights in there that I think we can he, all he take does, away. He does do some good stats. He does. He does. Hi, Alan Sung here, former Canberra Raiders captain. And you know what? I don't really listen to podcasts. But if I did, I'd probably listen to the third most popular Canberra Raiders one. Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork. Now it's time for a great segment. Who's got a lift? Ooh. Matt, were you in there? Where were you, Matthew? I, I was worried about last week's delay. We could try it again <laughs> and I'll try and jump on. No, let's, let's no, go, no, no. The moment's gone. Well, for me, it's Adrian Trevelyan. He's coming in. The boy's got a lot. He's got... The... Jesus, you're a hard taskmaster. Who's got a lift? You're choosing a rookie. He's got to come in. He's coming into the side. He's got to guide the, the, the side around when he comes on. He's got to tackle well, and he's got to make good decisions, and he's got to be hard and tough. He's got to lift to maintain that role. It's not. We're not just putting he him in there for a, a, a run. He won't play huge minutes, I don't think. I think he'll mm. probably play about 15 minutes. I think well, probably maybe. Starling will come off after... 15 or 20 in the second half. Yeah. And then he might play 10 minutes there and then Starling come back on. And then depending on what's happening with Whitehead at, at lock, yeah, Warren might go to lock. But I guess Ricky will, will call it as the game's panning out. He's will gonna, be high. He's going to have to step up into that sticky. role and he doesn't have time to to breathe into it or, or relax into it. He's You know he's going to play. There's no way in the world it's going to be like when Schneider has his, his debut and gets five minutes right yeah. at the end. He's going to have to play. The other person that's got a lift and has really got to um, 
take his ball security in charge, especially it's going to be a very slippery, greasy ball. Semi Valame. Mm. I mean, I, I have joined on Matt's semi trailer. Semi trailer. And I am backing Semi. There was basically everyone at the ground uh, on Friday night was saying, why, why, him. Yeah. why is he in the team? He's got to be dropped, blah, 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 carrying on. But I see a lot more good in Semi than bad. But yeah, three errors last week. And look, some of it's handling and some of it's just, you know, making the right decisions. Yeah. And like we said, look, he's he's got thrown in the deep end, more or less. He hasn't played as much reserve grade as you probably would like him to. Mm. But, you know, he's physically, he's just really gone to another level. He's got to make better decisions. And yeah. talking about better decisions, someone's got to lift. Big Red, stop rising to the bait. We were all over that match. Mm-hmm. Fafita came on, wound you up, you rose to the bait, we got put off our game, you saw what happened. You've got... That was more Whitehead, though, that scrum one. He actually got... So Whitehead's packed in with Fafita in the front row and started tangling with yeah, and he's tried to rake sorry, the sorry. ball. Yeah, and then he's... Did, and sorry, then... Whitehead packed in in the front row. <laughs> Did he really? Whitehead packed in in the front row. Do you say? Really? He did, did he? You're not saying that he was part of the front row rotation, are you? Even you could pack in in the front row, mate. That's Um, the only place I could pack in. My um, my who's got a lift? uh, There's a couple. I mean, you know, Tom Starling, I think, has been brilliant. His running game's fantastic. His passing game probably could improve a little bit. Um, I I was going to go with our bench um, props, you know, Gawler and Hallsborough coming at first 15 minutes after half time, but I, I'm, I'm going to switch it. And I think um, Ricky Stewart, I think Ricky Stewart's halftime speech has to lift. I love Ricky. I'm a massive Ricky fan, but how many games have we been on top at halftime? And then we come out and we look like we're in second gear for the first 15 minutes. So whatever you're doing at halftime, Rick, do the opposite and just give it to him or if you're yelling at him, be calm because we've got to get we've got to get out of the blocks in the first 15 minutes in the second half a bit better. Yeah, no, I agree. So with maybe that. that's. I just I was I was I mean obviously we had that forward pass and then we had that decision go against us with the the passing back on. We defended pretty decently, but then there was just a time when we didn't have any punch and we weren't earning the right to go to go wide and and you know I I could put that on Horsburgh and um, Gula and then maybe even. Tomoko and Balamai, we need a bit more punch coming out of our our half at the you know the first fifteen to twenty minutes of the second half. And if we can do that, then we're going to come home strong when Papa and and Tarpani come back on. I know we're up eighteen six at, at at halftime, but did you almost feel as though we didn't put on as many points as we probably should have given the field yeah, first ten minutes that we had? Yeah, and it always felt like at halftime, well, it's just anywhere else like it. The Sharks are going to get more ball in the second half. It's just the way it always seems to work out. And then we'll be the ones under the pump. And momentum such a thing. But it almost felt as though we, if we'd had an extra try mm. in that first half, maybe we'd put the game to bed, you know? Yeah, there were a couple of moments. Obviously, Valamai dropped yeah. it over the line. He's got um, a lift, man. He's had a Naira dropped the ball on the second tackle, I think. Mm. Um, you know, with about... You know, 10 minutes to go in the half or something like that. And um, when we were up, we had a, a, a repeat set. Yeah. Um, but, you know, it's the early season. I think there's a few mistakes by a number of players. Oh, yeah, you're um, not trying to win the grand know. final at this end of the season. We've just got to accumulate those two ladder points each week. And that's what's going to happen, got to happen against the Cowboys. You want to win ugly at the start of the year. I don't give a crap how they win this 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 weekend, that, just as long as they do. Look, um, during the week, uh, I actually caught up with Matt Cleary, did the uh, plugging his book, The Milk, and had a, a brief chat with him. So we should catch up with that. <laughs> Matthew Cleary, author of The Milk. <laughs> Hello, Tim. Um, 
been a long time coming, the book you've been working on for a while. What inspired you? Well, it's head and heart sort of stuff, Tim. So the heart, obviously, a footy fan, Raiders fan, um, have loved watching the footy club play over the last, sort of effectively since Ricky's come back, but probably about 12 years I've come back to the footy club after the disaffection of Super League um, and rediscovered a joy of, like, you know, we were about the same age, 50-something, odd, and I've just in, really enjoyed being a fan again. It's like it's sort of childlike in the in the joy of, you know, I've got favourite players again, you know, and that sort of stuff. So I wanted to sort of explore that, go back into some memories uh, and... Yeah, just tell a story of my supporterdom for the footy club, which parallels the 40 years of the footy club. So I thought that's a nice idea. Um, and then the head side of it was that uh, the first gem of an idea came at the 2019 grand final when we have 82,000 people there at the ground. I reckon there must have been 50,000 Raiders fans. A whole, you know, what, 10% of the city went up to the... 20% of the city went up to the bloody... up the Hume Highway with the Viking horn and the clap and Canberra went to... Well, Olympic I didn't Stadium. have a clap myself, but yeah. Yeah. And so I got the idea, geez, a lot of fans, a lot of potential book buyers there. Um, I needed to carve off sort of 1% of that. So, yeah, so head and heart decision. Um, yes, that was it. That's the reason why. So um, you were on the, I'm taking it, you were at Seaford Oval at, at some stage in 1982 when they, they kicked off in the, in the starting season. First game was, I think it was Parramatta in about round eight. I got there because, you know, there was Sterling, Kenny, mm. Eric Groth, all those champions. And I was one of the many, well, I was probably still a Dragons fan at that stage, not nominally, and, um, and there were more Parramatta fans, I'd say, or certainly more Parramatta flags in the in the crowd than Canberra Raiders flags, which was pretty typical early on. It took a while, because, you know, there were a lot of rugby league fans who were rusted on to the, their Bulldogs, their Manly. Um, but the Raiders, you know, got under my skin pretty quickly, and I reckon by the end of the season I was a fan, and, yeah, would have gone to probably five, half a dozen Seaford Ra- Oval games in 82. Um, and then from there I was just, yeah, footy fan all through the 80s but you know being a typical Canberra kid I played Aussie rules played rugby union at school played league at school um, and you know went out to see even Canberra City play at Bruce Stadium Canberra when they were out there. City remember them yeah I, I certainly Bruch. do and the Canberra Arrows they, they turned they into became, yeah. <clears throat> once upon a time so if you had to name a favourite Raiders player of all time who would it be well it's Laurie Daly um, because we're about we bought about the same well, I remember when he first turned up um, he's October 2069, I'm October 2469, so I had that, I said, oh, here's this new bloke. And I was, you know, by 87, he's debuted, age 17, what have you, just going on 18. Which is unbelievable for me as a, as a young bloke to see, and then to see him go well. And you know, he's playing against Dane Sorensen and Kurt Sorensen and all these, you know, I know, it wouldn't have been Steve Rogers then. No, it wasn't, it wasn't Steve Rogers. But, you know, they just seemed like supermen. And he was a teenage kid my age doing this thing uh, that... I couldn't, you know, comprehend. I just thought it was amazing. So I, and I followed him all, all the way through from in 88, 89, when he just, you know, started to just, to just go gangbusters. And he was just a great player all the way through and has always seemed like a good bloke and um, was kind enough to do the forward. He was, he was. <laughs> so if you had to choose a favourite player right now out of the current crop, who would it be? Oh, there's a few. Uh, I like Chansey. Uh, I, I love, love, love what he does. I love Jordan Rappiner. Uh, always seems to, you know attack and have a go and just be very hard to tackle and is every week is wholehearted you know you get the full 100% of Jordan Rappiner Jack obviously that big step and that that power at the line I, I like him um yeah and of the fours Elliot Whitehead I think just gives you everything you know gives you a lot of x factor there's a few of them Josh Hodson you know who um whose knee injury might not be as bad as we uh believe there's a bit of mail around it looks fairly good um so if you had a prediction for how we're going to go this season what would it be I've tipped us top four 
in fact fourth that's probably a tad optimistic that's I think what I've said too so. I think head and heart I get another head and heart one so heart fourth head six to eight I hope sixth we're a classic momentum team yep. at the end of the season we've done it year after year after year they can get on a roll the absolute classic on a roll team got to make the finals like they've always said you know two seasons it's a there's the season then there's the finals so you make that and then you become yeah and a lot of it's down to the lap of the gods too you know your injuries uh, suspensions come september um but they on their day they could beat anyone and i'm very confident in the footy that Ricky can get them to play. They've lost, you know, 2019 and 2020, they could have won. 2016, they should have won. So they've got, there's a bit of good-sized chunk of DNA in the, in the footy club, and blokes have been around long enough, and they're good bloody players. They, they, can, they can win it. Um, but, yeah, there's a head and heart decision. I wouldn't be betting on them to win it, but then I might be as well just to... Oh, I have I'm a betting man. <clears throat> I have bet on on them to win, and I got on board them at 25. So they're down to 19 now. Oh, is that right? Um, yeah, just just noted. But you know, like that might be a bit optimistic. But I put the big dollars on a big 20 bucks. So so that's where it goes. So now I'm assuming people can get your um your book, The Milk, available at all good bookstores and some pretty bad ones as well. It's just pretty much online at the moment because it's a independently published uh, work. So I haven't got it into your dimmicks. Essential. There's a bit of a stuff around. You've got to go through head office. I went. There, I was down at Woden Plaza the other day, just walking around. Is it called Woden Plaza anymore? Anyway, yeah, yeah, no, it still is. Is it? Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I just wandered around a few shops and said, look, I've got this book. How do I get it in? They said, oh, you got to go to head office. So yeah, yeah. it's not. Yeah. So um, yeah. So as, as I, I'm just going to sell it online at the moment at themilkbook.com. That's my little website I got set up, all one word. And there's also mattcleary.com. Uh, you go to Facebook. I'm all over Facebook. Now, uh, you've copped a bit of flack because you live on the northern beaches at the moment, and people are... Who, who said? Who said? Uh, what they say? And people are accusing you of having somewhat of a slight bent towards the man, manly Warringah Seagull, uh, sea eagles. Uh, I, I, you're here to refute that. <laughs> it depends what, what organ I'm writing for. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've got no um, allegiance I don't want to know too much about your organ, mate. <laughs> um, mate, I've got no allegiance at all to, to Manly, and if anything, I'm on the other side of the camp, you know, putting the boot in. Because all my mates up there I play golf with are obviously Manly fans, and we go along to Brookvale. It's a very nice night out. Um, but I'm completely ambivalent to their success. I like watching them. That turbo is a bit ridiculous. Yeah, so, yeah. so if you know, for entertainment value, they're a bloody good side to, to watch. But certainly no, no. I've lived up there, you know, 11, 12 years now, and grew up sort of there as well. Uh, grandma had a place, but um, yeah, no allegiance to Manly at all. People should get online and have a look at uh, Matt's book. We here at Blake and the Pork already have two copies, which we're sharing amongst each other. Um, I recommend you getting on board for anyone who's stupid enough to love our club as much as Matthew does and, and write words about it. Thank you for joining us. Thanks, Tim. My pleasure, mate. Up the milk. And once more, I'd just like to bring home that we here at the Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork don't necessarily endorse the input of our contributors. So, you know, take that what, what you will. So, okay, predictions time. Matthew, what's going to happen this weekend? Um, I think it's going to be a tighter game than we want. I think uh, the Cowboys will probably come out to play. It's going to be muggy up there, so we're going to win, I think. Um, but I think we'll win one to twelve. So probably the Raiders by, I'll say Raiders by eight. All right, Blake. Raiders by fifty-six. Raiders by fifty-six. Uh, I'm going to split the difference between fifty-six and eight, and I'm going to go Raiders by twenty-four. Not for any logic whatsoever, but because it's in between. I have absolutely no idea. Right. I don't care how it happens, just as long as we get a win and erase, you know, some of the memory of last year's horrible capitulation 
at, at Townsville. When did we? When did we, so this is the year before we won? Yeah, last with, year with we, with Curtis Scott doing the, the shush. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Who's yeah, going to kick goals? There you go. Uh, Matt Frawley. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Matt Frawley's there, but apparently Schiller can kick as well. There you go. But I'm what not can't sure he much, do? I'm not, what can't he do? Try saving <laughs> tackles. He can score. I actually he can saw an interview fast. with him during he the week. He can pass off the ground. I saw an interview during the week, Schiller, and he's actually played Union all the way through school. Right. And it's only as after he finished school he's signed for the Dragons, start playing league. Right. He's very, very well spoken. Young man, which is odd because of his heritage, you wouldn't have thought that would be the case. But yes, there you go. but his dad's a union man, and obviously the you know he comes from the union world. They're well right. spoken. There you go. There you go. They're very polite union people. Look, it's been a great show, and you have been listening to Raiders Review with Blake and the Pork, the podcast formerly known as the third most popular Raiders podcast. Um, I'm the Pork. That's Blake, and that's Matthew Hollywood Neves. Call it La Neves, calling uh, all the way in from. It's not Hollywood anymore, is it? Like San Diego. Are you there? No, now? I live in Palos Verdes. That's, that's where I live. All right. Just let the cat out of the bag there. Good, good. Oh, you'll be getting stalked for sure, especially by Kathy from uh, Pennsylvania. <laughs> She's positive. She might, she might be in California at the moment, I think. Yeah, yeah. Hey, well, she knows, where you, she knows where you live now, and that's the important thing. And you well, know I don't what? think she actually listened to last week's episode because we, we made a listener of the week, yeah. and I, there was Didn't no... Didn't get a comment. No, nah, there was nothing on Twitter, so... Maybe she I think, just I think she's lost interest. I think she's lost interest in the show. Maybe, maybe she's gone to a uh, gone to another Hollywood maybe superstar. She's got, nah, she's, she's probably, she's probably, she's probably moved on to the Green Machine podcast. Well, Solzy is a good-looking man. If you are still listening, Salzy, do better. Do better. Yeah. Do better, Salzy. It's true. Do better. Just have you some faith clown. in the Raiders. Just have some faith. Yeah, yeah. Just ask have some clown. faith in the Raiders. Total ass clown. Unbelievable. Anyway, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. It's Kip from Camnock. We're mighty clean. The green machine. Yeah, goose are in here. I fucking write his things. What are the great wins out? I couldn't fucking believe how well Jay White played, mate. Your poodle pinthewing after last year. I thought he wasn't a half star sound. Yeah, to be honest, I had him being a lock forward. I wanted him in third into this game, but fucking yeah, rigging as early in as best. He put him in at six, and I thought, oh, we are rooted. But yeah, he really pulled some out of his guy, but in there, that was a really great fun performance for him. It would have been a a young bloke in Aspen, Rob Schneider or something. <laughs> Whatever his fucking name is, I've never heard of him, but he's been a really young bloke. And yeah, I'm still pretty filthy about the disrespect shame to Jared Crocker. And I'm still fucking fuming about that one of his greatest daddies. Yeah, he's one of the greatest wingers of all time, mate. And all the services he gave his club. I'm still feeling he's giving the ass, but uh, yeah, what do you do be that young sinner out there, a Billy Timoko, or whatever his name is, mate, he's like, he's like, he went all right, didn't he? 
Me, the ride is all the way, my remorse, quiver on the ball, my fucking... I'm getting a little back down, but I don't fucking